Coming to you live from the... Oh, wait. Hold on. Uh-oh. I had something for this. Pontiac Silverdome. Uh, yeah, sure. It's the third edition of American Pale Males. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, riding on tiny ring motor cart thingy is one of your hosts, me, Jeremy. And with me, as always, <laughs> is the uh, guy who's put me up to this by that, you know, offhanded remark. It's the other host. <laughs> Yeah, that's a kind of a deep cut. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's me, Michael. We're talking about WrestleMania three. Those trap doors are supposed to be awkward, Michael. Who's stuck in a trap door? Maybe Undertaker got trying to make a sneak exit out of the ring and oh. something got stuck or something. Did I ever tell you I saw how they did that the one time I went to Raw? No, <laughs> what was it? Who so, was it? Kane okay. or Undertaker? Or... No, it, no, it was better. Um now wife of the show and I were at Raw in Des Moines and this guy was coming back for uh, a wildly overbooked Wrestlemania match with I think Triple H about okay. four or five years ago I don't remember uh, it was Sting oh so like the rumor mill had been going hot and heavy that Sting would be making an appearance in Des Moines which seemed weird because it's Des Moines right I love you but Des Moines but uh, let's not kid ourselves and so one thing that you don't notice when you're watching it on TV is that during commercials, they show commercials on the Titantron. Yeah. Assuming that, you know, there's not like a match going on, which occasionally happens. Right. But they dim the lights and they show like just the, your standard like Survivor Series is coming to Chicago, buy tickets. Or, uh-huh. or we have some new stupid toy or John Cena has an awful movie out or, you know, whatever. While this happened... And that's, you know, there's 10 minutes before the end of the show. Well, the televised portion, anyway. Mm -hmm. And there's about six or seven guys in black polo shirts and black pants who had been running in and out all the time. They're the guys who, like, set up the chairs in the ring for talk show segments or uh, they move stuff around. Just, you know, stagehands, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of ran Sting down there, and the lights got even darker. And he's, like, got a, a blanket or a coat or something over his head kind of looks like one of the guys but you can t- it's it's very clear oh. that they're like trying to hide him and then he goes underneath the uh the ring there and then yeah. then they do the when he's supposed to come out they do the full blackout i'm assuming he just scampers up to the ring and then when he's there he gives the signal and he's just like oh hey sting is standing there huh so it was fascinating because i had always just assumed that they sat underneath the ring forever Right, yeah, like for an hour. <laughs> or or had like a trap door or something right. under there. But uh, no, they just run them down there because why would you hang out underneath the ring when you can hang out at catering? Right, yeah. As many a wrestler has fallen prey to. Um, <laughs> interesting, such, yeah. Such as, such as your AEW champion, Chris Donuts Jericho. <laughs> That's right. But Jeremy, that uh, wrestling chat is all well and good. How about some beer brag chat? from you uh yeah the other day i went over to distract a friend of the show steven's children while he Mm. was uh stuck at home and he gave me from his recent trip to madison a beer that i'm assuming you are familiar with from our good friends at carbon four the radicats new england style ipa Ooh, have you had this one no 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 i'm curious what their nipa would taste like so when uh, Steve had brought this up to me, he had said that this was one did not 
you know, really do it for him. He just wasn't feeling it that much because he said it wasn't hazy. Uh, he also had Hopalicious, which I, has that one been on the show? Mm, yeah, I, th- I think so. It's a good question. Anyway, so for the two of us, Tino split beers. He had decided, we just said, okay, we'll use this air quotes bad one first, and then we have the better beer second. Uh huh. I kind of liked it more than oh. he did. Oh. Like a shocking amount. I think that there might be a difference between a New England style IPA and a hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Venn diagram where hazy IPA is inside the New England IPA. That is the question I posed to you, Mike. Oh, uh, yeah, there's kind of some overlap there. Uh huh. In any case, it was a little fruity. It had a little bit of pininess in it, which I thought was pretty solid. Um, just to make sure that I'm thinking correctly, Michael, you would say that a New England style IPA is a little bit fruitier in comparison to its West Coast counterpart, correct? Absolutely, yeah. It was good. I don't know what Steve's deal is, but this was a good beer. It had just a twinge of bitterness. So uh, if you can get your hands on it, I would recommend it. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I will have to check that out. I'm sure it'll be obviously around up here. So It is It is a flagship, Michael. It's a, it's a K4 taproom draft and six-pack. Uh, ooh, a flagship even. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's got a radical cat on the label. This is just like the poochie of cats. It's like got gnarly 80s sunglasses on and a what appears to be a tie-dyed shirt and a backwards cap, and he's riding like an, a BMX bike of some sort. Looks like he's <laughs> on his way to go get some Pizza Hut pizzas. Go to Blockbuster after that, you know, something from about 1988. But, I mean, Carbon 4, is they make good labels. Is it Fantasy Factory, the one that has, like, the unicorn, the rainbows, and what have you on it? Yes, yeah, okay. that's pretty legendary. Mm-hmm. But, Michael, enough about uh, Radical Cats. Hit me with the beer brag. Well, Jeremy, you'll be pleased to know that I had a little beer called Snowball Saison. Oh, hey, cool. The one that you got me as a gift for being in your wedding. Mm-hmm. How was it? I had not had any of those, and I think I picked out all all seven of those things in about 20 minutes. Wow, wow. You know, I think this was a good one for me. Um, I'll read the flavor text here. Please do. Now I don't have to look it up. Yeah, yeah. It actually kind of works with the season, too. As they say, enough heavy, dark, obnoxious, sweet, super malty Xmas and winter beers. Mm-hmm. When you eat heavy duck with fat gravy, okay, that part's not for me, but <laughs> the last thing you want is another heavy, sweet malt liquor. No! <laughs> Capital with an exclamation point. You uh-huh. want something that can help you digest the dinner, ease your stomach, and cleanse your throat. Oh boy, I don't know about this cleansing nonsense. That's a trigger word, Michael. <laughs> and that is exactly what Snowball Saison will do. It is it is a super sparkling crisp and dry Saison that has been re-fermented with milk bacteria and dry hop over and over to give the beer a crisp and smooth tart finish. Huh. Not to mention there is a lot of hops, of course. Have a nice winter. Interesting. I didn't know this. I didn't I don't think I read the the text on the, these things. Yeah, it was so it's also, I don't know if this is a different version that you gave me, because this one was also aged in white wine barrels. Oh, really? Interesting. Yes. So it had like so it has this Brett thing going on, uh-huh. it has a white wine going on, it's a Belgian it's uh, milky wine. type. Yeah. So it, it was a lot of different flavors, but they pulled it off. I mean, it oh, goes cool. in a lot of directions kind of, but mm-hmm. all those directions are good. So it has a nice, like real delicate start, like a 
you kind of expect from a Cezanne. And then you get these white wine overtones. Mm-hmm. I would say a drier wine. It has a, a, a hoppy finish, uh, but it's very clean. So it's not like a big blast of bitterness. It's more flavor hops um, with a little bitterness there to let you know that there are hops in there. But uh-huh. once you're done, it lingers for just a few seconds, and then it's gone. So it was really weird as drinking it. You know, it's nice. You go in for multiple sips, and... Uh, each time you're picking up a different note, a different flavor. So, and you know, I love beers like that. So Indeed. I did love drinking this one. I was planning Good. on like, because it's a higher ABV. I can't remember exactly what. I, that was one of the few criteria that I yeah. uh, wanted to get for all y'all. Because I know that each of the groomsmen slash ushers would want to have something along those lines. And I tried to find the styles that I thought would fly with people, or at least just like, oh, hey, these two people like saisons, and I can figure the rest out later. Or these guys like stouts. Oh, hey, this one would be perfect for the captain, or you know, and so forth. Yeah. So <laughs> this one was uh, the captain. This one is eight uh, <laughs> percent. Okay. So it is up there. So I was actually planning on drinking half of it and then recorking it and just having mm-hmm. the rest of another later on like the next night but it was so intriguing that i just drank the whole (laughs) thing uh over like the period of an hour which is also another rarity for me to like Mm -hmm. just enjoy a beer over a long period of time so it was was a nice little nice little adventure do we think that this is uh, a kissing cousin to drinkenstein's monster like how mike wanted like 10 different (laughs) things in one beer and then uh (laughs) it didn't really work because i don't know how to balance gnarly uh, rough uh, malts quite yet whereas this one it seems like would be bizarro mike's version of that brett yeah. belgian ipa saison <laughs> yeah it's kind of like that it was a little bit of everything mm-hmm. uh in a saison package um sweet good i'm glad it worked it was cool from uh, is that tool or toe oh tool? god I, oh. tool i don't know i yeah uh t null set o l Yes. Yeah. And uh Tool. Da- Swedish Danish. Maybe a little of each. I'm seeing a few sure. multiple locations. Danish it looks like. Uh brewery. I guess we should probably figure out how to say that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's fine. Uh but I do have some questions for you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So here we go, Jeremy. Question one for Jeremy. I don't think I've ever seen you wear a hat probably be correct (laughs) yeah do you have a favorite hat no uh as a matter of fact i technically only have two hats uh i mean i mean in your whole life yes uh, i'm assuming you're talking about baseball caps Mm, yeah or maybe a sombrero any any sort of hat that's non-functional so like i i mean i wear stocking caps when it gets cold outside okay yeah yeah non-functional that's a good caveat okay yeah um no, I've I've only had two hats in my life, and they're both hanging on my desk at work. I did once wear a suicidal tendencies hat as a uh, Halloween co- part of a Halloween costume, though, and a drunk, scandalous-looking Mario or no, drunk, scandalous-looking Luigi asked me if I was okay because the underside of the hat said suicidal on it, and I was just like, "Huh? What?" She's like, "I'm a nurse. You can talk to me if you need to," and I'm like. Oh no, they're a band. It's it's cool. I'm fine. I'm not suicidal. And she's like, and she kept trying to bring it up. Just kept going with it. And I was like, thank you, because I mean, I can't be mad at that. 
Yeah, dressed up like Luigi the whole time. I'm I'm good. Thank you. I'm gonna go over here now. I think your friend. I think Mario's looking for you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those are the only hats, Michael. Okay. Not a hat man. No, my hair's too curly. <laughs> um, Jeremy, you've admitted something previously on the show. Okay. You admitted you have a copy of the Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion. I do. I haven't played you... it yet. Yes. So I came up with a new segment for oh the boy. show. It's called Jeremy Plays Oblivion. <laughs> Think about this. Now you're thinking, oh, you just do recaps. No. We dedicate an hour each week of the podcast where you're playing Oblivion mm-hmm. and you're just doing play-by-play commentary when you're doing your like, okay, I'm entering Cyrodiil now. I'm repairing my armor and weapons. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving. I'm getting into combat with a ghoul. Okay. Um, and uh, there's no video or anything. We're just listening to you. We're doing this for an hour each week. Each week. Out of our podcast, that is generally 45 minutes. That's right. Okay. What do you think? What do you think uh, of that? No, no. Not a good idea. No. No. I mean, if if we had to force the people to listen to it, like, <laughs> there was some way that we could do that, it might become some sort of perverse uh, performance art sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's, but okay. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone would listen, nor do I think I would have the patience to describe myself playing video games. Normally, I have music going when I play. Finally got to Manamarco, the eater of worms. Okay. <laughs> hey, are you going to play that game, though? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's, I usually end up doing RPGs during the winter time, so. Oh, uh, ooh. Yeah. Get in there. And I, and I did just finish uh, Far Cry 5, so I've been, like, thinking about what the next one is while I play these new maps on Battlefield 5. And maybe it will be uh, Elder Scrolls. We'll see. Yeah. See, that, that game, it's aged well because it's like, it's like the graphics are still like good, like technically, like you get good like draw distances and stuff, but the faces just look so like uncanny and weird that it's comical. And there's just enough like bugs that don't break the game, but make for some very entertaining moments. So, so. it's not, not quite crackdown level bugs. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm expecting a in-depth review about that. If we're not going to do the hour-long thing, at least you can you can talk about it a little bit. Uh, did you ever? Um, oh, this is changing topics now. Yeah, hit did, me. Did you ever watch Attack on Titan? Is this the uh, the one with the giant skinless dudes? Yeah. No, I didn't. Um, I think you might like it, Jeremy. So I've been told. So I I generally like Japanese culture but it gets a little too weird for me sometimes. Like, for example, I'm sure I'll end up playing Death Stranding at some point, but it's not going to be for a while because I don't have 120 hours to sink into another Hideo Kojima game. <laughs> uh, I did Met- I did Metal Gear 5, like, last year at this time, and it ran me ragged. But I- I- I've never been an, an anime guy. Uh, cousin of the show, he came over once, and uh, he requested that we watch I don't even it's like Gurren Langen or something mm-hmm. like that. are you familiar with this one I don't know no or have you heard it's it's some sort of anime and I think we watched like one maybe one and a half episodes and now every time I fire up Netflix there's a bunch of anime crap on there oh. when, <laughs> when it could be stuff you know about like heavy metal or 
trying to find Nazi war criminal sort of stuff or, you know. There has to be a word for that. Like when you... Poisoning my feed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> uh, poisoning the well or yeah, something like that. Anyway, I thought you'd like this because it's horror, body horror, and one of the Titans is modeled after Brock Lesnar. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> uh, th- I do like the design of the giant skinless people, but I just, I can't be bothered. Okay. I, I Like I said, man, I haven't even seen season six, part one of BoJack Horseman, and that's like a top five show of all time for me by now. It's just too much. There's too much quality. Uh, it never ends. Uh... So so let's get back on track. Let's get back to beer. Sorry for all the dumb questions. Those were just literally things that uh, during the day I'm thinking like, oh yeah, what? maybe Jeremy has a thought about that. Or, I like that gif. I'll mention that to Jeremy. Jeremy, the FDR this week. Yes. Uh, it's a doozy. It's, it's a doozy, yeah. I'm, I think there's big potential here. I hope I'm not over setting my expectations. Uh, do you want to reveal what the beer is? This is... Uh, I don't know if this is the entire name, so I'm just going to go with it. Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale from Lexington Brewing Company? Brewing and Distilling Company. There it is. Yes, which I never heard of before until you got this beer. So I have seen several of their beers. It must be distributed to your region. I think so, but I've never gotten one. I'm kind of glad you did. Um, Me too. I've always been meaning to try this, and well... If we can't do it here, why can't we do it? I looked into this company, and it was uh, a brewing distillery, obviously. Have you had any of their spirits, any whiskeys? No, I chance? Nope. Okay. okay. Uh, it's founded by this guy who, this Irish guy, who was a founder of an animal nutrition company. Hmm. Um, and I guess he just wanted to start his own brewery and distillery, and he did. Uh, Pierce Lyons is his name. So I think this is a privately held company. According to Wikipedia, they do 30,000 beer barrels uh-huh. uh, a year, I assume. It doesn't really give a metric there. Just I'm sure it is. <laughs> says an absolute number. Yeah, Every, every day. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so it's pretty small. But uh, again, being a distillery, it seems like they obviously have access to barrel-age their beers, including this one. So this is, like you said, the... Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale, and nestled in the heart of Bourbon County. Oh, that's confusing. Country. Country, not county. <laughs> nestled in the heart of Bourbon, with a small B, country, where Bourbon barrels outnumber people, Alltech Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company produces a barrel-aged seasonal series that capitalizes on its close proximity to the region and the changing taste preferences of the seasons. All these beers are produced in Kentucky aged in freshly decanted Kentucky bourbon barrels, 100% barrel-aged, and produced in bourbon barrels only used once. This beer has an ABV of 10, 16 IBU. Hops include Fuggles and East Kent Goldings. English hops there. Uh-huh. Malts are Two Row Pale, Caramel 40L, and Carapils. Carapils? Carapils. Yeah. Spices are brown sugar, which... That's not a spice, but we get what you're getting at. <laughs> a lot of these are not spices. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, Kentucky pumpkin butter, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and pecans. So, Michael, I have a, a slight detour into beer brag. When was the last time you had a uh, 
a uh, Shiner Christmas cheer? Probably not in the last five years. Have you had one, though? I feel like I have because uh, it's like a green and red bottle. Correct. And it yes. has peaches and pecans in it. It was phenomenal. Oh, I've really? largely been unimpressed with Shiner as of late. Every time I reach for the Shiner Bach, it's just like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. This was amazing. I could have had like six of them. It was great. It tastes like Christmas and pie without hitting just all the same, you know, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice flavors that traditionally come with these Christmas beers. So check it out if you see it. That Yeah, we're getting into the winter season and <laughs> we got a series coming up that really has nothing to do with Christmas beers, but that it's might true. be one to look out to. Uh, I'll have to look for that. I might want to brag about that one myself. Please do. But back to this beer. Back to um, this beer. I've seen the, when I'm looking at their uh, more beers list, I've seen the Bourbon Barrel Ale, I have seen the Pumpkin Barrel Ale, obviously. quite a few. Uh, And the Coffee and Vanilla Cream Ales. Yes. Tequila Barrel Wheat. Hmm. Ew. Wheat. No. (laughs) Noob. Well, let's see how this one is, and maybe we can, uh, maybe we'll see how that one potentially could go. One of the things that I've, that's been holding me back about this beer is that it's got a shockingly high price point for a, a four-pack. I think it's like 20 bucks for a four-pack. Ooh, interesting. That smells that's, pumpkin-y. Woo. It does smell pumpkin-y. The iconography on the uh, bottle and the bottle cap is a, the, a horse head. Mm-hmm. A live horse. It's not like the Godfather. Yeah, or... well, I mean, you don't know it's live. <laughs> that's true. Smells smells boozy. Oh yeah, that's interesting. And it's so. What is the what is the difference between pumpkin butter and pumpkin flesh meat? I don't remember. Yeah, pumpkin butter. I mean, obviously, it's maybe it's some sort of like paste that's made with pumpkin and some sort of oil or emulsion of some sort. Yeah, some sort of yeah. That's a that's the word. Huh. Pumpkin butter is apparently a thing. Yeah, I'm seeing pumpkin puree, yogurt, pumpkin spices, and powdered sugar in one re- recipe. It looks like it's the the pumpkin-y equivalent of Trader Joe's cookie butter. Oh, yeah. Which is... Kind of that color and... And it's just not really a butter. Um, oh, yeah, right, yes, yeah. It's just like a spread. Yes, a spread, yeah. I was going to say paste, but that's not very edible. Bread spreads are more edible than paste usually. What is that? Uh, it's got the chocolate and the hazelnuts. Nutella. Yes, thank you. It's it's kind of like that except pumpkiny. Yes. Uh, pumpkin puree, muscovado sugar, maple syrup, apple juice, lemon juice, pumpkin pie spice, cinnamon, sea salt. Looks like there could be multiple variants from more like a jelly to something maybe more a little savory. Pumpkin jelly. Yeah. <laughs> Fooey says I. Have you gone into this beer, Michael? I've not. I think you should. Okay. Tell them about the color. It and is then... a pumpkiny amber, kind of like an orangish amber. Uh, does not have terribly much of a head on there. Just some light lacing on the very, very edges. Otherwise, it's not flat, but it is uh, very, very low carbonation on this. Mm-hmm. It's. I'm having a hard time. I th- hard time That's describing weird. that nose. Um, yeah, it's like a, there's a, like a, a slight scent of whiskey, uh-huh. but then also a, a strong scent of pumpkin spice. Correct. It's almost like a, a mulled wine. Like you get the, the spiciness and mm-hmm. like some booziness, not necessarily fruitiness like a wine, but, or a mulled cider. 
But the taste, Jeremy, it actually kind of goes hand in hand with the smell. I'm not sure if you went in. It's Oh, I have. It's very strange. I think this is going to take a while to figure out. I think this one needs to warm up a little bit personally. If only to uh, open up some of those aromatics in there. Mm-hmm. What, which one did we do last week? We did the... Uh, mm. I, I, I remember it getting better, for me anyways. As, right. Uh, oh, that was a, one of the uniques. That'll yeah. be a future episode. Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, stay tuned for that one, I guess. But regardless, mm. this is an odd duck. Um, it doesn't have a huge whiskey taste to it. Maybe that's just me because I'm super congested right now. But do you get a boozy taste like the? Not really. Really? That's. I mean, yeah, there's that's... there's a warmth to it. Don't get me wrong. There's yes. the boozy warmth, but I'm not getting like that hot alcohol flavor that one would get in like say, uh, Blonde Fatale has a mm-hmm. hot booze has a hot boozy flavor to it. Shall also note this pour clear. It did. Um, this is strange. It's because it's it's clearly a beer, right? But oh, yeah. you got the pumpkin spices in there, which are not that present. Yeah, I mean they're not like overpowering or anything. But that no. so you have this you have the barrel aspect and you have the pumpkin spice aspect, and both of those are kind of pushing it in a different direction. And the pumpkin butter aspect. I think the fact that it's some sort of weird. So if we're assuming that this pumpkin butter is what we're finding on Google, where mm-hmm. it is like a a mix of like pumpkin pie filling and creamy peanut butter without, you know, it's not literal. Like the texture of the, the texture of the peanut butter with the flavor of like pumpkin pie filling. If we are assuming that that is what they're throwing in there, who knows what's all in there? Maybe this is some sort of weird Kentucky thing where it's just like a pumpkin and a bunch of butter. I don't right, know. I yeah. don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's strange. It has a really weird aftertaste. It does. If there is pumpkin in there, it's kind of. I think there is. I think there's like a shocking amount of pumpkin in here. I just feel like whatever else is with it is throwing off the rest of the beer, and that's why yes. it's so weird. Yes. Exactly. There's just a lot going on here, and it's not necessarily harmonious, I it's would not. say. Uh, it's not necessarily bad either, but it's hard to... I don't know if there's a lot of synergy. You know, it is it is a nice... This is a sipper, to be sure. Right. It is a yeah, really bold flavor, really pretty intense. Like, you do get those spicy tones. You do get the barrel tones pretty intensely. And so if you're just looking for, like, a real zinger of a drink i think this one fills that role so when you say you're getting a lot of the barrel notes to it do you mean you're getting a lot of whiskey flavor i don't think it's whiskey flavor to me it's more just it might just be more abv than like okay. whiskey flavor i think that's an important distinction that's because true, yes. because when you say like oh hey this is like specifically advertised or listed as a bourbon barrel and like even though the title of the beer does not say pumpkin bourbon barrel if it says kentucky and barrel one <laughs> right, yeah. one can be pretty sure or you know at the very least forgiven if you assume bourbon uh there's not a bourbon flavor in here there is bourbon mm. warmth that i'm noticing in my uh q zone for lack of a word i can't think of right now only duff fills your q zone <laughs> oh that's why it's a simpsons reference yes it is <laughs> okay <laughs> oh i did it there yeah 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 
Qzone is also apparently a social networking website based in China. Yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> um, That's not what I was discussing. Yeah, it definitely has this like flare, this ABV flare. Mm-hmm. I, I think there is a slight barrel like bourbon flavor there, but it's not. Again, it's not the predominant flavor. But there, it's definitely this like alcohol warmth intensity. You know, you know what? It's slightly reminding me of What's that? which is not good. It slightly reminded me of the pumpkin cider. Oh God! I like the aftertaste. Is. I had blocked that. I know. Yeah, I almost regret bringing that up. The Ace Pumpkin Cider. Am I the remembering Ace, that correctly? Yes. Which, yeah, essentially had no spine to support the pumpkin flavor, and it was just like an overwhelmingly weird. And that was also artificial tasting too. Very much so. This, because yeah, the aftertaste is reminding me of that. I I was expecting this. I'm surprised the way this poured. You know, you mentioned it was kind of an orange, amber, mm-hmm. lighter amber color. I was expecting this to be a stout, to be honest with you. And I think a stout could carry a lot of these flavors that we're experiencing a lot better. Or a porter, for that matter. Yes, exactly, yeah. Because I just feel like there's nothing for these this spiciness and this uh, booziness to lean against. It's kind of just out there by itself. You know, those are flavors I, I could enjoy, I can enjoy, but it's harder to enjoy them when there's not like a, it's like a a two-legged footstool. <laughs> like, you know, instead of, you need Just, that third leg there to like stabilize it. Uh, but you kind of see what I'm saying a little bit? I mean, I, I, I think do. it needs something more to kind of help it out or so, am I crazy with that? How, uh, how warm would you say yours is right now? Would you still say it's like, on a scale of room temperature to fridge, uh, like freezer. Oh, to freezer, it's probably like a seven towards room temperature. Towards if it's fridge and room temp, it's probably like a five. It's probably okay because about halfway there. But. Mine is uh, it's opening up. I'm not going to say it's getting better or worse for that matter. I'm just saying that it is opening up. I'm getting a bit more, and I think you're right. I don't really think this has the malt backbone to hold that booze up. And I'm wondering if... So I'd like to know what the pumpkin ale that they brew beforehand, I'd like to know what that clocks in at before they put it in the barrel. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like this is one of those things that's being artificially boozified by the bourbon barrel because it's just leaching all that alcohol out of the barrel. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to try like their one of their stouts or their porters here, although the porter's a blackberry. That seems a little odd. Yeah, I could get down with that. Porters hold their own, especially especially with a slightly acidic berry like a blackberry. Or winter golden stout. I w- I'd like to try one of their darker beers and see how that goes with the barrel. Golden stout. Yeah, it looks dark, though. I don't know why it's golden. I um, mean, golden grain. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. What do you like about this beer, if anything? Um, I mean, I do, I do like the flavors, mm-hmm. but I just think they're a bit much, okay. if that makes sense. I almost like everything about the beer, except it kind of comes crashing down because I don't like the malt profile. Doesn't meld properly? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I could get down with the spice, the, the pumpkin spiciness that's here, and I could get down with the barrel that's here, but... Boo-wah-ah-ah-ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could get down with the sickness even, but 
Um, I just feel like they're kind of left nude, standing <laughs> on their own, uh, without the the maltiness there. I guess maybe my brain's trained to, um, especially with barrel aged beers, to need something a little darker with them. But so I, what do you like? This is this is difficult because I don't dislike this beer, but I'm finding it hard to like to discuss. Yeah. Which would normally be a problem because that would mean that there's nothing going on. When we because yes. when we usually have this problem it's like with, you know, steel reserve or something. But even with that, it's garbagey enough and there's a flavor. Not I mean, it's not necessarily a good flavor, but it's right. a flavor that one can describe. The hardest things in the world to talk about are the ones that don't inspire much out of anything. Like a European lager or something pedestrian yeah it's it's just i kind of wish that this was more aggressive in its flavorings i do agree with you that it needs more of a malt backbone um the more it warms up the more i've i'm becoming convinced that this is it's it's uh oh what it's the silicone lip injections of uh <laughs> high abvs where yeah. it's, it's clearly fake and it's not really there, but it, it's there, if that makes any sense. We, you, like, you look at it, some freshly siliconed lip implants and you know that they're not real and that it's not really a lip, but it is a big lip. Yeah, right, it is a big, yeah. <laughs> this is, it's objectively a big lip, like you can get out the calipers and everything and measure <laughs> it, but like, just like one could stick a hydrometer in this thing and find out that it's 10%. But the the pumpkin flavor is off. It's not really pumpkin-y. Yes. Again, going back to that uh that pumpkin cider thing we were talking about, it's kind of like, yeah, it's just not... They didn't get the spices quite right. That's the best way to put it. Like, I don't think this is as bad as that pumpkin cider, although, watch me now. To rate it lower than the pumpkin side. <laughs> I don't even know what we rated that. I I'll figure it out, but I I think we lambasted that one, lambasted, lambasted. I I, I know lambasted Canned that one. Yeah. But this this this. God, let's this, rate it. Let's rate it. Let, should we rate it? Okay. Um, do we? Okay, we we've, we've discussed what we like. Uh, you seem more uh, decided than I am, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna let you go in for your sip of judgment, and then. Uh, hit me while I go in for multiple sips of judgment. I just took a sip. I, I think I what I botched here a little bit is I set high expectations for, with this one, and as when we poured it, I saw like the color. That was my first like, uh oh. Hopefully this goes well. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I was expecting something darker, and it it wasn't. And I think that through line persisted. Like, yeah, I feel like this needs to be darker. It needs a little. Not even necessarily darker, but just more malt. More of that ABV coming yeah. from malt than leaching from the barrel with the fat lip in it that you said. <laughs> um, I'm proud of that, uh, by the way. <laughs> the collagen. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of apt. That's an apt. Oh, it works perfectly, man. I'm very, um, I'm very proud of that. You know, I know this was an expensive one, but I mean, I got to call it. I, I, would, I guess the good thing is this intrigues me to try something else from these guys because I feel like the novelty of the pumpkin is kind of perhaps getting in the way of a stellar beer. Definitely. Kind of, yeah. So I'd like to try one of their more straight-laced ones, the ones that we were talking about before. I'm just going to give this one a three. I think there's 
a lot going on here that could be good, but the execution just is not coming through. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily reach for this one again. Me neither. I might want one with a uh, beer with more beerosity um, or more balance or something. Um, but it would make me want to reach for one of their other ones because it has me intrigued. And maybe that's kind of bolstering the rating a little bit. Um, but as far as this one goes, maybe take a pass. It's hard to do a solid pumpkin beer as it's... That's where, uh, we are finding this out, yes. Yes. The spices, it's hard to get the spices it's just right. It's hard to get the spices right, man. Yeah. So Come near to madness. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, three for me on this one. This It's, it's so hard. Because, because I want to like this. Me too. Yeah. Uh, yes. But I'm gonna call them like I see them, Michael. Mm-hmm. And it's the pumpkin is off. Like I'm not getting any cinnamon. I don't think I'm getting any allspice. Uh, what was it? Nutmeg. There's a little bit of nutmeg in there. Yeah. I'm not getting any brown sugar, although that may be part of the uh, fermentables that are. Can they? Can that be fermented? At least partially, right? I would think so. I've. I don't know if I've seen that in a beer. Hmm. I've, I've definitely had beers that have like brown sugar in the in the flavor text. Right. Like it tastes like brown sugar, but it's also usually a stout of some sort that just tastes like brown sugar a little bit. Molasses-y or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, this one is just kind of all over the map, and I. I'm now 100% sure that the uh, the excess ABV is leached out of those barrels. And if it was leaching out a bourbon-y flavor to back it up, mm-hmm. that would be one thing. But I don't feel that it's doing that. So I think in this aspect, this is kind of like craft beer malt liquor. Mm, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? I mean, like yeah. it's it's not just like a cheap lager made with a bunch of, you know candy sugar. Well, no, even candy sugar has a flavor to it. Right. This, this doesn't just have a ton of flavor. Um, I think it's just like, this is what you would do if you were a rich idiot and had like, a lot of money to burn on like making super high-octane beers. That might be too harsh. And if you're listening, Mr. Uh, Kentucky Lexington, whatever this was called, uh, I'm not sorry, but... He died in 2018. Okay, well, he knows what he did. Um... <laughs> God, that was mean. <laughs> Holy crap, I apologize for that. Don't worry, his son took over the company, so... Uh, I'm sure he's a jerk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go in for a sip of judgment here. Yeah. The smell is weird. The smell is weird, too. The, it, the, the, the more it warms up, the smell is weird. Yeah, and the smell is kind of like a prelude to the taste, which is often the case for beers, but especially for this one. I want to give this a 2.5. It's... Mm-hmm. It's an interesting idea that just isn't sticking to the landing. Right. Right. Kind of like the spin-offs of the Conjuring movies. <laughs> what was the... Yeah. There, there's two of them. There's Annabelle and The Nun. Oh, yeah, The Nun. That was but to be fair, movie. I haven't watched The Nun. <laughs> Good Lord. We're all over the map. Uh, Michael, yeah, now that's another one down the gullet. How about you uh, hit us with the social media plugs? Yes, social media plugs... Um, you can get in touch a variety of ways. You can do so on Twitter at APMPod, Facebook.com slash APMPod, or email us directly, APMPod at gmail.com. should probably check that, just in case. <laughs> um, also, check us on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings there. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Have you had this one? 
or any beers by these people, write in. Tell yeah. us. We need the third leg of the stool to kind of like <laughs> bolster our thoughts on this one. My uh, third leg of the show. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend. Uh, but yeah, that's we'll leave it at that. Um, so for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. This has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>